Welcome back to Never Forget Radio. This is going to be our 20th episode, and it was recorded live at the Philadelphia Podcast Festival, September 2015. I broke it into two parts only because it's kind of long. Since it was recorded, the proxy baby Cold War Part 2 in, has escalated a little bit in Syria, and well, uh, more on that inside the episode, although it's primarily about many other wars, including my childhood obsession war. Uh, this is part one. All right. Um, so welcome to Never Forget Radio. Um, this is a, oh wow, thanks. Um, <laughs> and, uh, this is our second appearance at the Philadelphia Podcast Festival, which is very exciting. Thank you to the, uh, Podcast Society, uh, Nathan and Tegan. Um, okay, so this is a historical project about, uh, not 9-11 exactly, but the never forget idea, um, how, how we remember, uh, large historical events and also the, the smaller or spiraling or accidental or less recorded, um, results from things like that. It's not, um, I always do a trigger warning at the beginning, uh, cause, but I don't really need to because we're not going to be talking about 9-11 itself. Um, so we can be glad of that. Um, you're going to hear a lot about it next week, I imagine. Um, this project is very concerned with anniversaries, uh, for obvious reasons. Um, that's how our, that's how our culture, uh, remembers 9-11. Um, it was six months, it was one year, it was three years, it was five years, it was ten years. Um, next week we have the 14th anniversary of 9-11. Um, and, uh, you can imagine what 2016 will be like with the presidential candidates, uh, making appearances in lower Manhattan or in Pennsylvania going across the river to the Pentagon. Um, uh, just take a minute to imagine our presidential candidates next year, or probably this year, actually. There'll probably be 30 different appearances at different memorials by each candidate. Um, yes. Um, and so uh, uh, this project is obsessed with anniversaries, obviously. And uh, today we're going to try to honor that by... Uh, trying to draw a tangential and art-related line uh, from another, uh, a line that ends with an obvious obsession of this podcast, the Bush family. And uh, for obvious reasons, uh, we're very interested and we will return several times today. We're going to hear from several Bushes today, I promise. Uh, however, uh, my personally, my initial... Um, I feel this year, last year at the podcast festival, uh, we talked about the 100th anniversary. It was 2014. And so we talked about 1914, um, World War I. And as this year is 2015, uh, we're going to talk about 1865, um, at, naturally. Um, so this is the, you know, next week we have a 14th anniversary. Well, but though this year, is 150th anniversary of the end of the American Civil War, as you see pictured here. Um, 
If you're listening at home, I am about to describe a painting in great detail. If you're here, you can see a painting behind me. Um, and uh, because we're so concerned with anniversaries, uh, we are going to uh, explore for a minute um, the yeah, American Civil War. And um, uh, so we're going to describe a painting that involves both Abraham Lincoln and George Bush. Um, you may not see George Bush in this painting uh, at the moment, but I promise you that soon you will, and soon George Bush will fill the screen uh, and totally eclipse the painting uh, behind me. Um, uh, so we're going to start with a painting that was painted in 1868. It's called The Peacemakers. Uh, it was painted by an artist called George Healy. Um, and then we're going to discuss a little bit what peace means and... Uh, we're going to discuss the end of American wars. And so, the credits. The credits on. Oh, it's so hard to remember. Welcome to Never Forget Radio, where, from the comfort of your own home or your device, and from the safety of the future... We can revisit the memory of 9-11, of George W. Bush, and of all the years associated with both since. It's been over a decade of disappointment, failure, and disaster. I'm no expert, but I'll be your host as we explore our recent past and try to reclaim it. Let's roll. So I'm going to begin talking about the Peacemakers, which we could come back to. Um, it's first, I suppose what I should say uh, first before I talk about this painting is that it was, it was painted in um, 1868, um, and it was purchased by the White House uh, in 1947 uh, by the Truman administration. Um, actually, I found an article that... Uh, President Truman personally interceded uh, to reduce the purchase price of this painting. Um, so, uh, just uh, while we talk about, so I'm going, I'm going to put on a childish, uh, romantic, militaristic hat for a minute, um, and I'm going to talk about the Civil War as I learned about it. As if you've experienced any retrospectives of it this year, like. The Ken Burns documentary, for example, uh, that I'm sure is rerunning on television right now, um, or at least was in April. I'm a little late on this anniversary. Civil War ended in April. Um, it is September. Um, uh, but so I, I'm going to put on this 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 romantic hat for a minute, and so you'll forgive me, uh, and I'm I'll take it off uh, after. But but I just have to talk in like conventional military diplomatic, political, historical ways about what is being depicted in this painting. Um, so uh, first I'll tell the historical background of the meeting that is depicted here. Uh, so this painting is called The Peacemakers. Obviously you can't see it if you're listening. Um, but So what it depicts, we have four men. Um, they're in some kind of stately room. There's windows behind them. Two are, two are closed, two are open. One of the men is dressed in formal clothing, and he is leaning forward, and this man is President Abraham Lincoln. Um, he has his hand on his uh, face. He's listening uh, to the other men 
who are talking. Um, on the left, we have General Sherman, William Tecumseh Sherman. He seems to be gesturing. In the middle, we have General Ulysses S. Grant. He seems to be listening. And on the left, we have Admiral Porter, who is sitting there. Okay. Um, the context behind this painting, um, the military context. Uh, the Civil War had been uh, fought all over the southern United States. And in the east, in Virginia, the northern armies repeatedly failed uh, to succeed against the legendary romantic figure of General Robert E. Lee commanding the Confederate forces uh, until Abraham Lincoln appointed Ulysses Grant uh, to lead the northern armies and through a series of stalemates, uh, which were called victories later, um, he his army was able to move towards uh, the capital of the Confederate States of America, which is less excitingly called Richmond, Virginia. And towards the end of 1864, he was able to besiege uh, this this capital. The the Northern Army uh, surrounded the Confederate uh, capital. Um, and as wars are not fought in the winter, uh, for obvious reasons in this time, um, they remained there surrounding the Confederate capital until spring uh, 1865. So this painting depicts a meeting of the President of the United States and the heads of his two major armies, uh, General Grant commanding the armies in Virginia and General Sherman commanding uh, the armies which were currently stationed in North Carolina after having marched there from South Carolina, after having marched there through Georgia, um, you might have heard about that. Uh, he burned Scarlett O'Hara's house uh, while he was marching there. He tore up a lot of rail tracks. Um, I, I, a lot of his states, I hope, were burned. Um, and uh, also uh, representing the Navy is this Admiral Porter. Um, so the, this painting is a very literal, very realistic uh, historical painting. Uh, it depicts an actual day. Uh, that's March 28th, 1865, uh, when these four men met. And they, they met, it's called the Peacemakers because they met with the military war all but decided. Um, indeed, th- this painting uh, depicts an event that took place on March 28th. Um, by April, I think, 4th or 5th, uh, Richmond was captured. And on April 9th, uh, the main Confederate army surrendered. Um, so just as they were planning on this day, the war was very close to militarily ending. And so uh, the president met with his top generals to discuss the terms of the peace to be offered to the Confederates. And that's why it's called the Peacemakers. So that is the context for the historical context behind what's depicted here. Um, the painting itself was painted in 1868 to commemorate this occasion. Obviously, uh, Abraham Lincoln was dead at the time, uh, but the painter had, uh, and that I think probably explains the rainbow uh, behind President Lincoln's head, which I have not yet mentioned. Um, as you can see, uh, there is a rainbow uh, that I guess we're going to say represents his angelic ascent into <laughs> the uh, deification status, uh, but also obviously the upcoming peace. Um, and you can see behind General Grant's head, even though on the right of the painting it seems to be a nice day, maybe it's just rained, 
um, General Grant, the military leader of the United States Army, is depicted in front of a red, an ominous red curtain. Uh, probably again, sing, probably again, I would say a very obvious image of blood and danger and destruction, um, symbolized by General Grant. Um, and also the, the painting obviously takes its title not just from the, uh, event why these guys were meeting, but also the Bible, uh, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Uh, you can see, again, uh, Grant seems to be the earthly, bloody agent of Lincoln's divine, idealistic uh, action plans. Okay. And um, so this painting is simultaneously militarist, militaristic and idealistic. It's simultaneously about war and peace. Again, this is very obviously signified by the imagery, but also by the subject. Um, it, it's the last meeting of a war. Um and so it's simultaneously about strength and resolve and also lenience, as we'll talk about in a minute. Uh, the terms of the peace that they were plotting out here, uh, which were carried out two weeks later, were very lenient towards uh, the Confederates. Um, they were intended to reunite, Lincoln's plan was to reunite the country and to avoid a guerrilla war with the former Confederates. Um, <clears throat> Unfortunately, a guerrilla war is what resulted from the end of the Civil War. Um, it wasn't the defe- defeated Confederates versus the Northern, the Union, but rather, unfortunately, a guerrilla war between the defeated Confederates and their former slaves, the freed uh, black Americans. Um, unfortunately, the Confederates carried out the Second War until they won it and uh, were able to reinstitute their tyrannical authority. Um uh, we will come back to that. Um, but first, let us dwell on subsequent uses of this painting. Um, this painting, which represents diplomacy after success in war, represents peaceful solutions after a show of strength, uh, which is really a good illustration of how successive American leaders, governments, and other presidents would like to see themselves a firm resolve, a necessary force, and an honorable peace. Why would the Truman White House, why would the American government acquire this obscure 19th century painting in 1947? Um, I would say that probably President Truman and his advisors would have liked to see themselves uh, portrayed this way, would have liked to see themselves as a president who had just succeeded in a war, planning an honorable peace that would last and the uh, uh, a government that would have, after just concluding World War II, would have liked to have think it thought of itself as having established uh, honorable terms and favorable terms with the losers of that war, which we know uh, the losers of World War II eventually became strong American allies, uh, Germany and Japan. And so, uh, at the end of World War II, you can th- you can see how. This physical painting sitting on the wall um, in the White House uh, would have been a good way a good way for uh, the the leaders Truman to have wanted himself to be seen um, this this gloriously divine peace has just been established uh, but if you think about the Cold War um if you think about it another way, these guys were laying the groundwork for 
a 50-year war, the Cold War, um, after having just established peace in World War II, a war that we're lucky that we call it the Cold War, but I mean, in, in South and Central America, in Southeast Asia, um, in other places around the world, this war was very hot. Um, the Peacemakers is probably not a great image, uh, probably not a great name for the architects of the Cold War. Again, so this painting represents like the way American leaders would like to see themselves. And several subsequent presidents have used the imagery, context, and the physical painting, like literally sitting behind them in photo opportunities, to suggest that they are also peacemakers or that they are also Abraham Lincoln. Um, (laughs) More on that in a minute. Um, This painting includes two presidents, obviously President Lincoln and President Grant. And so you can understand how presidents would be interested in the depiction of presidents, um, the the lore, mythology, and embodiment of their former counterparts. Um, Obviously, I want to say, obviously, many other Americans who are not presidents of the United States are interested in the history of presidents. and uh, have gone so far as to prepare whole long talks about the trivial uh, image-based history of presidents. Um, and so uh, just imagine that my uh, enthusiasm about this subject as a good stand-in for how these people think of themselves. Um, I just, I, 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 you know, late at night, walking around your house, just looking at the paintings and being very satisfied with yourself and your legacy. Um, and so uh, I would like to show some slides, um, and these are other presidents with this painting in the White House. And so uh, number two here, here we have um, its acquisition by the White House in 1947. Here are some guys. I couldn't find a picture of Truman, but here are some guys with it. And then the next one, this is President, this is hard to see, but this is President Johnson, and uh, Jacqueline Kennedy with uh, doing some kind of news conference in front of the painting. Next one. Here we have President Nixon enjoying a drink. I think he's sort of sitting in a nice chair. And behind him again, we have the Peacemakers, which hangs out in the White House. Thank you. And here is an official portrait of the cabinet of President Reagan. Um, with someone else next to him who we'll get to in a minute. And behind him, uh, you can see the peacemakers on the left. I want to talk about this one for a second. Um, yes, uh, so you can see the peacemakers behind all these cabineteers um, who had just concluded peace with Nicaragua, peace in Lebanon. I, I don't know. I don't know why these guys are so satisfied. Um, behind President Reagan, this is a room in the White House called the Treaty Room. Um, behind President Reagan, you can see another painting, and that painting depicts President McKinley uh, signing the treaty uh, that ended the Spanish-American War in 1898. Another example of the self-satisfaction and uh, trivial nature of this office, um, that painting actually depicts this room. Uh, it was signed in this room. And again, this was a piece that led to everlasting peace in America's future relationships with Cuba and the Philippines. 
um, which it acquired briefly in that treaty. Okay, hold on one second. All right, uh, next slide, please. Thank you. And here uh, we have President Bush and President Clinton. Uh, so all of these guys were to some degree uh, very interested in this painting. President Truman called it his favorite painting. Um, but no one was quite as interested in the painting of the peacemakers, even me. And then uh, our President Bush, the first of three, four President Bushes, um, that's George Herbert Walker Bush, uh, depicted here with President Clinton, um, uh, he was very fond of this painting and he actually would often, uh, refer, uh, uh, more on this picture in a second. Um, he used to use it as a metaphor, um, in diplomatic situations. Um, and I'm actually going to read, I promised you that both President Bushes would show up and, um, I don't have audio for this, uh, but I was able to find um, there are many websites that are dedicated to this type of trivial minutia. And there were people at some point um, throughout the 20th century who transcribed everything that each president has ever said at, say, a press conference. Um, and so I was able to find uh, some references to this painting by President Bush from press conferences, uh, such as his press conference with the King of Jordan in... Uh, 1989, when he, when he used, uh, the painting, the peacemakers to talk about peace in the Middle East. Let me just read, uh, some here. The, uh, from, this is President Bush, uh, from 18, from 1989. The magnificent picture of Abraham Lincoln that I know you're all admiring was painted by George Healy in 1869. Upstairs in my office, excuse me, a little slight cold. Let me cough like the president, I guess. <laughs> yes. Um, um, yes. And I took his majesty to see it today. It's called the peacemakers. And, uh, the picture shows Lincoln in this pensive pose, this magnificent picture. There's a window right over his left shoulder and out that window, one can see a beautiful rainbow. The picture depicts Lincoln with his generals right near the end of the war that threatened our union and pitted brother against brother. The rainbow in the picture symbolized the hope of peace the imminent end to hostilities that near bled us as a nation to death. So, Your Majesty, it is my fervent hope that by working together we can guarantee that there will be a rainbow over the Middle East. And war must give way to peace. Whether it's the turmoil or the fighting in the West Bank that plagues us all, or the heart-rending hostilities that we now feel so strongly about in a fractured Lebanon, we must all recommit ourselves to lasting peace in the Middle East. That is from President Bush. Um, and he found the time, uh, to refer to this painting again in a, um, uh, a press conference about peace with Russia. Um, President Bush presided over the dissolution, the end of the Soviet Union. And, um, here is another quote from him. Again, it's from this presidential speech aggregation database website. <clears throat> President Bush again. Uh, perhaps nowhere do we learn more about Lincoln even now than in a portrait that I talked about last month off the coast of Malta before meeting Chairman Gorbachev. It is by George Healy and it hangs on the wall of my office upstairs. What we see in the distance is a rainbow, a symbol of hope of the passing of the storm, the peacemakers. This is a constant reassurance that the cause of peace will triumph and that ours can be the future that Lincoln gave his life for. 
a future free of both tyranny and fear. President Bush was so fond of this painting, fonder, like I said, than I, um, that he chose to be forever remembered uh, with it. And uh, so this this image here is the unveiling. This image is from 1995. It is the unveiling of President Bush's official portrait um, by the Clintons, who were presidents after him, obviously. Um, and here is the slide of his, his official portrait. And the exciting reveal of President Bush's White House portrait will be continued in part two. Thank you. Always sirens. Every day. <sighs> President Bush is coming. <laughs> 